Um, well, hey, we live in a culture. Uh, I love watching the culture of this world. I love watching how what's cool, what's not cool shifts and changes all the time, especially with junior high kids and high school kids, because y'all can't make up y'all's mind and everything constantly changes. Uh, if you don't believe me, uh, back in 2017, the dab, that was the cool thing, right? It went from there to mini dabs, right? But, but we left that back in 2017, right? 2018, something new is coming, and I can't wait for what it's going to be. You know, you know, Netflix, we're always talking about what the latest show is, right? It used to be The Office. Maybe it's still The Office. I don't know. It's been around forever. I can only take so much of Michael Scott, but The Office is a great show. I think Stranger Things is the show right now. Yeah, okay. How about this one? Do, do y'all remember this? Do y'all remember this? Y'all remember planking? Yeah, that was a thing like three years ago. I don't even know. But then I went to Tebowing and Owling and all this stuff. But the culture is constantly changing. You know, and I, and I think something that is really cool is music. All the artists that we listen to, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what gets you hype, what you listen to before your sports games, what you listen to when you have a breakup. I don't know what you listen to. Maybe, maybe, maybe you did something bad and it felt so good, like Taylor Swift, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, great. Maybe, maybe, maybe your life that you reflect is, is all about the things you like, like Bruno Mars, no, maybe. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're just feeling like a rock star, like Post Malone, I don't know, I hope not. I hope not, but... Music is a way that people, that these artists reflect their culture. They express what they have experienced. They express what they think about, what they, their feelings, all these things. And I, I love, I love watching it. And I want to talk to y'all tonight about David's song of praise. So last week, last week we learned about David and Goliath. Michael told us how David went down the hill, he slung his sling, hit Goliath and fell. And basically he told us that David was not the underdog. That David had God on his side and through the whole story, yet it seems like he was the underdog and that we're taught and we, we constantly hear David was not the underdog because he had God on his side. You know, and after, after David and Goliath, uh, if, you, if you read First Samuel, Second Samuel, all about David's life. So the rest of First Samuel, you see uh, David and Saul have this like cat and mouse uh, game, like, like Tom and Jerry kind of deal. You know, Saul is constantly trying to kill David. It happens over and over and over again, but God protects David. It's really very awesome to read, and y'all should go check it out. And then at the end of First Samuel, Saul takes his life in battle, and David is... King, anointed as king. So David's king, he's a great king. Uh, David, David was seen to be a, a man after God's own heart. And David was a great king, but he wasn't a perfect king. At the begin, or beginning of 2 Samuel, we see David fall into his sinful desires. And we see David mess up, 
the story of Bathsheba. I don't know if y'all know it, but he basically sleeps with Bathsheba. She gets pregnant. Then to cover up his sin, he decides he's going to take Bathsheba's husband, put him on the front lines of war so that he gets killed and he can marry Bathsheba and no one knows, right? It's pretty bad. So David was not a perfect man, but yet he was a man after God's own heart. You know, David continues to fight and protect Jerusalem from the Philistines all throughout 2 Samuel. And that leads us right here to 2 Samuel chapter 22, where David sings a song of praise. And so we're going to work through this praise. And what I want you to imagine is that David's song of praise is kind of like a prayer. You know, I don't know how much, how much y'all write songs, but it's kind of like a prayer. When we are praying to God, in a sense, we should be singing him a song of praise. So we're going to start in verse 2 of 2 Samuel chapter 22. It says this. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior from, fi- from violent people. You save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and has been saved and has been saved from my enemies. You see, in these first three verses of David's song, we see, we see titles. David gives God these titles. He gives them my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. And the cool thing about these titles is that these titles are all connected to an experience that David had. So I don't know about y'all, but oftentimes when I pray, I thank God for who he is. And I give him titles, but I have never made those titles personal to my experiences in life. And that's what David does right here. You know, when he says, my deliverer, David is thinking back to the times when David was in, in battle, in war, maybe with Goliath, and where God delivered him from the giant. That's a name specific to David and a time and an experience that he had. You see, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to give God the, the praises that he deserves. It's a good thing because when I'm able to give God the praises that he deserves, give, give him the titles that he deserves, then I can then plead to him with confidence. I want y'all to catch that. If I can give him the titles, I can plead with him in confidence. In another, in another word, if I am able to thank God for all that he's done in my past, then I am able to boldly ask of him things in the future. And we see David do that. The second thing we see David do, we're going to go to verse 17 where David continues to praise God for all that he's done in his life. Everything that happens in David's life, he continues to praise him. He says this, verse 17, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy. From my foes who were too strong for me, they confronted me in the day of my disaster. But the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place, he rescued me because he delighted in me. This kind of goes along with, with the first point. David, God, God did things throughout David's entire life. You see, David was king for 40 years, and this is the end 
of his time being king. And he is remembering and thanking God for the things God did 40, 40 plus years ago. It's so cool that he continues to do that. And then the other cool thing about this is how David views God. Verse 7, it says this, In my distress I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Now listen right here. David had a cry. He cried to the Lord and help for help in distress. And this is how he saw God answer. Verse 8, The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of heaven shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Verse 13, out of the brightness, his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. Now, I don't know if y'all caught all the imagery and everything that, that David imagined, but David is probably in war, something. He's, he's in trouble and he needs God to deliver him. He cries out to God. And, and I don't think David actually saw these happen with his eyes, but he knows that his God is an active God. He knows that God is a God that cares for him and that wants the best, best for him. And that there's a spiritual realm where God comes down and delivers David. I mean, it says, it says the earth trembled and quaked. The foundation of heaven shook. You know, how often do we pray and we're not actually sure if God's gonna answer it? We throw up, prayers in the dark. God, help me on my test because I forgot to study. You know, we, we, we pray these things and we don't really think that God can, can help us. We don't really think that God cares for us. Honestly, we have a lack of faith. David didn't have a lack of faith. He knew that his God loved him and was going to come down and, and be active on his behalf. You know, how often on another page do we pray for something, God answers that prayer, and then we don't even thank him for that. We don't even, we don't even notice the fact that God answered the prayer because I'm praying for God to do something, it happens, and I'm happy, and I'm all about myself and, and, and what God did in my life, but I forget to thank the God that actually helped me and was on my side and fought for me. You see, David gave God all the credit. And that's number three. David gave God all the credit. Throughout this prayer, throughout his life, David wrote about half of Psalms. And if you go read through Psalms, you see David sing these songs of praise and he continues to give God credit after credit after credit. You see, when David, when David was in battle and he was fighting the Philistines and they won, he, he got them away. It wasn't David that led the troops. He knew that God led the troops through him. 
And he gave God that credit. You know, if, if you're on a sports team or wherever you are, you have a platform that God has given you. See, David was king. And he was leading these people. And, and when David won and something great happened, he didn't take all that credit for himself, but he gave it to the one that deserved it. Y'all all have a platform wherever you are, and y'all can use it for that. You see, when David was in distress, we've talked about this, God came and delivered him. When David needed help, when David need to be, needed to be rescued, he didn't just luck his way out of it. God came and rescued him, like we read about in verses 7 through 15. God came, was active on his behalf, and rescued David. When David sinned, with Bathsheba and other times, when David sinned, God saw him as pure and clean. You see, David, David was a lot like, he was a lot like Jesus. You know, David, David was a shepherd. Michael talked about that last week. David was a shepherd, uh, and he, man, it was his job to care for the flock. It was his job to watch for them. If a, if a lion came, he had to defend off the lion. If one got away, he had to go and find that sheep and bring him back. That was David's job and his calling. He, he played the harp, I think. He played the harp to his sheep. That was his job. That's what he did. And Jesus, on the same, half, same side, Jesus was, a, was the good shepherd. See, John 10, verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus was the good shepherd. He came and he does anything and everything for us as the sheep. He came and laid down his life on the cross for us. He's the good shepherd. See, David was destined to be king. Michael hit on that last week also, where David was destined to be king. He was chosen to be king. The, the, his eight brothers came down and he was like, you got, you got anyone, anyone else? He's like, well, I got another Another son, he, he watches my sheep, though. You don't want him. He's a scrawny kid. But David was destined to be king. You see, in 2 Samuel 5, 2, it says this, In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will be my people, Israel, and you will become their ruler. David was destined to be king. He was destined to rule over Israel. And in the same way, Jesus was destined to be king. From the very beginning, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, before Jesus was even on this earth, by the way, it says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was destined to be king from the beginning. He came to this earth, born of a virgin, and was destined to be king where he is right now, sitting at the right hand of God on the throne from the very beginning. 
And the other thing, David, David attracted the broken. David attracted the broken. 1 Samuel 22, 2 says this, all who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Did y'all catch that? David formed his army out of people that were discontented, distressed. They needed something to be a part of. They needed somewhere to belong. And David built his army of 400 out of broken people. And Jesus did the same thing. Jesus attracts the broken. Matthew 10, sorry, eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus attra- attracts the broken. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone in this room, me, everyone in here. And we're all broken and we're all in need of a savior. And Jesus, Jesus is that guy. Jesus attracts the broken to be on his team that he can love and has a plan for. See, the fourth thing about David in his prayer comes from verse 21, where David comes to God as a clean man. Verse 21, it says, The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. You see, David comes to God as a clean man, but you're probably thinking, well, he wasn't a clean man. He messed up, he sinned. He did horrible, horrible, horrible things. How does he come to God as a clean man? And the answer is that David knows that God, that he had a relationship with God and that God sees him as clean, that God doesn't see his filth, that God doesn't see all the times he messed up, but God sees him as righteous and pure, and that God wants to use David. And there's some of y'all in this room, there's some of y'all in here that, that need to come to God for, clean, for being clean. Y'all need to come to God for righteousness. You have things of your past that you've messed up on, sin in your life, and you need to come to God to be washed clean. And I wanna give you that opportunity right now to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And so with every head,